worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for listening today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiad, Abiad begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliad, Eliad begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Mathan, and Mathan begot Jacob, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Verses 1 through 17, Matthew chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful gift of your word. Thank you for the opportunity for us to open your word every day and spend time with you one-on-one as you speak words of life, words of power, words of grace, words of blessing, words of strength into our lives. Thank you for the joy that is ours as we more and more fill our minds and our hearts with your word. And thank you for how that we draw closer to you as we simply spend time reading, meditating, and thinking on your word. Empower us with every passing day more and more to be the faithful hearers and doers of your word that you called us to be. We thank you and praise you for the precious gift of your word. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in in prayer at this time. Father, we're so thankful today that we have your listening ear, that we can call on the God of heaven, one who created this earth, and that you listen to us, and not only that you listen, but you care. You've set your affection on us. We rejoice in that today. Father, we're thankful for the goodness that you show us day by day. We're thankful for the mercy that uh, we see in our land. We pray for the United States, Father. We pray that uh, it would be uh, a group united around you and your principles. Help us, Father. We need your Spirit to sweep through this land. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Today on the broadcast, we're going to look at a beautiful and a powerful book 
in the Old Testament, the book entitled Ruth. It's one of only two books in the Word of God named after a woman, but it's a powerful book. It's a true story. And at the same time, it's a powerful story that's a picture of Christ and his church as well. So again, the story of Ruth is a true story. It's also a love story. And you know, people like love stories. Well, it's a true love story, but also it's a story that pictures the redeeming love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ruth is, it's a picture, the book of Ruth is a picture in the Old Testament of the church and the Lord Jesus Christ. Boaz, the man that marries Ruth, is a picture of Christ, our kinsman redeemer, and our redeemer as a whole. And so, again, we're, as we look at the book of Ruth, we're focusing on the topic, God's redeeming love. And so, to begin with, looking first at the book of Ruth, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his <clears throat> excuse me, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malan and Kilion also died. So the woman sur survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight, and should also bear sons. Would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. 
Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Again, all of Ruth chapter 1. And as we look at the introductory chapter, chapter 1, we see that we find that it was a man by the name of Elimelech. And he and his wife, they pack up and leave Bethlehem, Judah, headed to the land of Moab. Now, keep in mind, they had two sons. They on, And so the four of them made the journey to Moab. Now, keep in mind, though, Bethlehem, Judah, was the land of Israel. It was in the land of Israel, and it was a place of blessing. Now, they were going through a difficult famine, yet, Sadly, Elimelech, Elimelech made an unwise choice. He moved from the place of God's blessing, Bethlehem, Judah, to a land, Moab, which was actually a cursed land, a land that had a curse upon it. And he moved there, and trouble and difficulty met him there. And sadly, not long after he moved there, Elimelech died. Well, probably what should have happened was Naomi and her two sons should have decided, we're going back to Bethlehem, Judah. Remember this Bethlehem means house of bread. Judah basically means land of praise. And so they lived in the house of bread in the land of praise. Yet sadly, they packed up and moved to Moab, a cursed land. Well, Naomi and her, Naomi and her, two, Naomi and her two sons sadly stayed there further. And they both married Moabite women, Malan and Kilion, the two sons. And sadly, both the sons in time, they died as well. So now Naomi is in the land of Moab with her two daughter-in-laws. All three of them are now widows. And so Naomi hears that things are getting better. Uh, God began to bless the land. The famine had passed from uh, Bethlehem. And so she decides she's going to go back home. And so she makes preparation and heads back home. But sadly, Naomi makes a sad mistake. She should have definitely encouraged her daughter-in-laws to go back with her to Bethlehem, Judah, the house of bread in the land of praise, the place where God's blessing was upon, a place where God's grace rested. Yet, sadly, Naomi is both discouraged and apparently in somewhat of a backslidden state. And so she sadly encourages her daughter-in-laws to go back to their home and back to their false gods. An unwise thing, yet that's what she did. And sadly, Orpah did just that. She went back home. Yet Ruth, clung to Naomi. Ruth had come to put her faith and trust in the God of Israel. And also she'd come to love her mother-in-law and decided that she was going to continue to serve and follow the God of Israel. And she was going to serve and bless her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law was encouraging to go back, but Ruth said some very dramatic and very powerful words to her, letting her know she was going to stick with her. Again, in verse 16, it says, but Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. 
The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And so Ruth very dramatically lets Naomi know she's not going back to Moab. She's going to follow her to the land of Israel. And so Naomi and Ruth head back and they make it back to Bethlehem, Judah. And it specifically mentions that they come back in the time of barley harvest. Well, keep in mind, the book of Ruth is a true story, a very powerful and beautiful story. But at the same time, it's symbolic of Christ and his church. And notice, too, they come back during harvest time. And as we get into chapter 2, we'll see that Ruth immediately begins to work very, very hard. And one of the beauties there, too, is that, you know, an encouragement to every believer listening is that, you know, harvest time is always going on when it comes to God's kingdom because every believer is called to be involved in the work of sharing the gospel. And keep in mind, each and every one of us as believers are to be witnesses for Christ. And one of the signs that we genuinely love the Lord or committed to his cause is by obedience. And the Great Commission tells us, go into all the world and make disciples. That involves sharing the gospel and encouraging and helping others to grow up in their faith. Every believer is called to that. So all of us are called to a lifestyle of evangelism and discipleship. So if that's not a part of what we're doing, we need to question ourselves, am I really saved? Do I really love Jesus? Because he clearly wants us to be involved in the work of the building of his kingdom through evangelism and discipleship. Father, anoint us all afresh today with the spirit of evangelism and discipleship. Stir us to recognize that all of us have a part to play in giving out gospel tracts, sharing our testimony, inviting others to church, inviting people to come to know the Lord, encouraging them in their prayer life, encouraging them in their reading and studying of your word. Help us anoint us afresh with the spirit of grace and passion to be vitally involved in the work of sharing the gospel and making disciples everywhere we go. Help us to be involved in harvest time all the time. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We're looking at the book of Ruth and the topic today, God's redeeming love. We'll be right back.
Andrew Peterson, is he worthy? Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the book of Ruth and specifically focusing on the topic, God's Redeeming Love. And as we look at the beautiful story of the book of Ruth, remember, it's a true story. It's also a love story, and it's a powerful story of a picture of Christ and his church. And so we pick up now reading in chapter 2 of Ruth. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant, who was in charge of the reapers, answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like like one of your maidservants." Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed parched grain to her. And she ate and was satisfied and kept back and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposely, 
for her for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. End of chapter 2, verses 1 through 23 of Ruth chapter 2. We see in chapter 2, Ruth immediately goes out working hard, gleaning. And of course, gleaning was something that typically it was sort of what you might call sort of a welfare system in Israel, where poor people could go out and work in the fields and glean kind of the leftovers after the harvest were being done. And so poor people by that, way, by, by that means could be provided for. Well, Ruth goes out and takes the job uh, amongst other people that would be considered poor. But remember this, hard work is always honorable. It's good to be a hardworking man or a hardworking woman. Being lazy doesn't honor God in any capacity. So it's not good to have a lazy man or a lazy woman. And, of course, neither is good, but there's something worse about a lazy man. You know, it's important to know men were supposed to work and work hard. And so, but Ruth was a hardworking young woman. She went out and began to glean in the fields. And keep in mind, she has left her home, her home nation of Moab and her family, and has come to put her faith and trust in the God of Israel and come to serve her mother-in-law. So she's serving God and serving her mother-in-law as well. Well, see, now that she's put her faith and trust in God, the grace of God and the favor of God has been to work, has begun to work in her life. And it just turns out she comes to the field owned by a man by the name of Boaz who happened to be one of the richest men in the Bethlehem community. He was a rich farmer, a rich employer, and also he just happened to be a bachelor as well. And so when he arrives on the scene and see all the people working, interesting how that he quickly takes notice of Ruth in the field. He notices her and asks his foreman about her, and his foreman tells him a little bit about her. And she finds favor in Boaz's eyes immediately. Boaz shows great kindness to her, great kindness, great consideration, and he appreciates the fact that she has graciously come with her mother-in-law from Moab come to come to live in Bethlehem and to serve the God of Israel and to serve her mother-in-law as well. And he's very appreciative of that fact and very kind, outstandingly kind to Ruth. So we pick up, uh, before we go into chapter 3, keep in mind, chapter 3 is an interesting chapter in a number of ways. And you could entitle chapter 3, How to Get a Husband. It has an interesting twist that takes place there. So we're going to pick up now 
in Ruth chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be, when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled, and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, Do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also he said, Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six ephahs of barley he gave me, for he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Again, all of chapter 3, verses 1 through 18 of the book of Ruth. Again, here we see in the chapter where in Naomi, her mother, the mother-in-law of Ruth, has decided she wants to help her daughter-in-law out. She recognized that you, excuse me, Ruth was a young woman and probably had a desire to marry once again, having lost her husband at a young age. And so she gives her some important advice, encourages Ruth to, to bathe, to dress very nice, to put on perfume, and to go to the right place at the right time, to... Um, Meet with, uh, to meet uh, with Elimelech, excuse me, meet with Boaz, and of course, just to make a long story short, in a roundabout way, Ruth basically proposes to Boaz, 
And now keep in mind, under the circumstances, not only was it appropriate and okay to do, but it was not only what did involve a marriage, but it involved uh, a legal transaction as well. Now keep in mind, remember, Boaz is what you would call a person who could be, who was able to be what's known as a kinsman redeemer for Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. And so he could be it, but now keep in mind, a kinsman redeemer was someone who he had to decide that he wanted to help in a situation like this because he didn't have to. So uh, we're coming up on a break in a few moments, and we'll share a little bit more about that along with sharing the final chapter. But keep keep this very important mind, point in mind. There are two laws from, the, from ancient Israel that come into play in uh, the book of Ruth. The law of the kinsman redeemer, and you can find information about that in Leviticus chapter 25. But in ancient Israel, God would give land to a tribe and a family. And if the land over, and if the landowner mortgaged his land or went into bankruptcy and had to sell his land, a near relative or, or a kinsman redeemer could redeem that land and buy it back. But also at work here is the law of the leverite, leverite, leverite marriage. And you find information about that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 25. If a married couple had no children and the husband died, then the man's brother was to take the man's wife as his wife, who was now a widow, and marry her and endeavor to have children in order to keep the man's name alive. Therefore, there was a kinsman redeemer who could buy back the land and a kinsman who could marry the widow to raise up children. So there were two things at work here. But now keep in mind, three things were necessary for a man to be able to buy back the lost estate, and marry the widow who came with the estate. Number one, he had to have the legal qualifications to be a kinsman redeemer. He also had to be a near kinsman. He also had to be a near kinsman. And he had to have the money in order to do it. He had to be wealthy enough, in other words, to do it. In other words, if he was poor and didn't have the money, he couldn't do it either. But also he had to be willing to do it. He was not forced to do this. He had to make the choice to say, yes, I'm willing to redeem the family and redeem the land as well. So those qualifications picture what a kinsman redeemer was. And keep this in mind, in the book of Ruth, uh, just as in every other book in the Bible, we see pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, every book in the Bible is a picture or a portrait of Jesus Christ. Well, here in the book of Ruth, Jesus Christ is our kinsman redeemer. He redeemed us we who make up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. So a beautiful picture is painted of Christ in the book of Ruth. Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are our kinsman redeemer. You bought us, redeemed us, made us brand new. Thank you for loving us enough to come to live, to die on the cross to pay for our sins and rise again from the dead and make a way for us to be saved and spend eternity with you. Thank you for being our redeemer, our kinsman redeemer. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. We're looking at the book of Ruth. And the topic, God's Redeeming Love. We'll be right back. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the you can only come this far And who showed the moon 
music of Nicole C. Mullen with My Redeemer Lives. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the Book of Ruth and focusing on the topic, God's Redeeming Love. We pick up now Ruth chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Come aside, friend. Sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead, through his inheritance. And the, cro- and the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything, to confirm anything. One man took off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was a confirmation in Israel. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal. And Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. May he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who is for your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom, and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. 
He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. And Ram begot Amenadab. Amenadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. And Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. Verses 1 through 21, all of Ruth, chapter 4. Again, you're listening to the Hour of Intercessions today. We're looking at the powerful message of the book of Ruth and focusing on the specific topic, God's redeeming love, a key word that speaks of one of the powerful messages in the whole book of Ruth is the work, the word redeem. Christ is our redeemer. And similarly, as Boaz was the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and Naomi as well. And again, so many powerful truths and insights can be drawn from this powerful book. Now, keep in mind, the book, uh, interesting to note this, that the book starts out uh, kind of a, a sad, sad story. The book of, it starts out uh, sort of with three funerals in chapter one, but it has a what you could call a happy ending. Didn't start out so happily, but it does have a happy ending. Remember, three funerals in chapter one, but it ends in chapter four with a beautiful wedding. It begins with a famine and it ends with fullness. It began with weeping, but in the fourth and final chapter, joy has come to both Ruth and Naomi as well. And a child has been born as well by the name of Obed. And powerful to note, too, that, again, the whole story is a a true story, yet a very powerful story with many messages. Amongst other things, one of the powerful messages of the book of Ruth is a message that actually we see over and over again in the Word of God. God wants to lift you up. In life, many times we find ourselves in the valleys of despair, difficulty, challenge, and trouble. But we serve a God whose one of his great goals is always to lift us up in life, to save us, to lift us up and elevate us as we follow him, as we serve him, as we fulfill the call of God upon our lives. So again, keep in mind, uh, so many powerful truths and insights to be drawn from this important book. Uh, Again, but as I said, one of the powerful messages, God wants to lift you up. We see that message over and over again. Abraham, when we're first introduced to him in the Word of God, he's a man who he and his wife are childless, but God brings him from being a man with no children, eventually to become the father of many nations. He has the son of promise, Isaac, and now today people all over the world are descendants of Abraham. Uh, yeah, again, the message, God wants to lift us up. Moses uh, ended up being a man who was a shepherd for a period of time, but God lifted him from being a shepherd in the wilderness to becoming the deliverer of Israel, helping to be God's instrument to deliver the Israelites out of slavery and out of Egypt. Also, we look at Joseph in the Word of God. He goes to Egypt as a slave, and God lifts him up to become the prime minister of the whole nation a servant of God, high in the government of Egypt. We look at David, who is a shepherd boy, and God lifts him from being a shepherd boy to being the king of all of Israel. And it just so happens that Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David as well. So we serve a God that's wanting to lift us up, but we're lifted up as we put our faith and trust in God and as we follow him and carry out the call of God upon our lives. I'm reminded of this truth that Benjamin Franklin, who amongst other things, served as an ambassador to France uh, in his day. And there was an occasion when he was in France, and 
He would sometimes attend a literary society, which involved people that were, amongst other things, agnostics who didn't believe in God. Well, he shared the powerful story of the book of Ruth, and he shared it as a love, uh, the story, and he shared the fact that it's a beautiful love story. And after the people of the literary society heard it, they marveled, they thought to themselves, Mr. Franklin, this is one of the most beautiful stories we've ever heard. Can we have permission to publish it and give it wide distribution? And Benjamin Franklin's re- uh, response was, it's already published and it al- already has wide distribution. It's found in the book, that book that you all say that you despise called the Bible. And of course, Ruth is a uniquely beautiful and a powerful story uh, as, as he stated it was. So keep in mind, Ruth is a wonderful book to read and study, but remember, not only is it a true story, but it has many interesting insights and truths to be drawn from to bless and encourage you in your life. Because again, the same God who lifted Ruth up is a God who can lift us up in life. Again, the key is put your faith and trust in God and go after serving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength as well. Remember, Ruth started out as a poor widow in chapter one, and she ends up as being married to uh, a rich, the rich kinsman redeemer, Boaz. She starts out early in the book of Ruth, gleaning in the fields as a poor person. By the end of the book, she owns the fields she was once gleaning in. Not only does she uh, begin the book as a poor widow, by the end of the book, she's now a happily married young woman who's married to a, a strong servant that loves the Lord. And also she's, as I mentioned, the, the great-grandmother of King David, and she's also been placed by the grace of God into the genealogy of Jesus Christ. What a mighty God we serve, a God that can take a foreigner. And you might say, well, how did Boaz know that he could even marry legally in, in the Hebrew culture, marry a foreigner? Well, now keep in mind, Boaz's own mother was Rahab, who she too was a foreigner. So Boaz apparently knew about that, and he knew that he could and could legally marry Ruth, and that's exactly what he did. Father, thank you for the Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful and the powerful message and messages of the book of Ruth. Thank you for this precious book that we're wise to read and study. And thank you for the many ways that our lives can draw from the truths found in this book. Help us to be believers that recognize that you're always wanting to lift us up, and we're lifted up as we hear your word and obey it, as we listen to your word and live your word each and every day. Thank you for the opportunity for us to know you who are you who are our Redeemer. You who are, you were worthy to redeem us, and you did. Thank you for loving us enough to do just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today, you've never made the step of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart as the Lord and Savior of your life, remember, the single most important decision in all of life is the decision to give your heart and your whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ If you'd like to make that step today, would you simply, from your heart, take the time to pray this prayer and invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart to save you, to make you brand new? Would you do that with us right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived, you died on the cross to pay for all of my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. 
Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Redeem me and make me brand new. Thank you for being my Redeemer. You said in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we want very much to be in touch with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please get in touch with us. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are tools that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Discipleship materials just for that purpose to help you grow and really grow strong. Again, that email for those materials, joseph at afr.net. Hope that you'll take time to get in touch with us again, joseph at afr.net. Again, today we're looking at the topic, God's Redeeming Love, and focusing on the book of Ruth. Take the time to read and meditate on the book of Ruth. So many important and interesting insights and truths that can bless and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.